recording? Yes. <laughs> Welcome to X-Rated Movies. Did you want to... No. Great. <laughs> I, I'm Matt Fisher. I'm Ryan Whedon. Uh, As if you needed a reminder at I was going to say, I don't think we've been introducing ourselves at the beginning of each episode, have but we? But if this is where somebody joined in episode five, five. of an of a Angels in America-thon, and they're like, who, who are y'all again? <laughs> yeah, well, maybe. No. These aren't all coming out at once. Well, like, kiddo, don't start at episode five. How about that? Yeah. Listener. Probably for the best. Go back to one. I'm, you know. I'm do positive. like everyone else and start at episode three, like a normal person. <laughs> I'm sure we said our names then. <sighs> Obviously, I've had something to drink, because now I'm feeling ornery, and I'm ready to talk about... <laughs> Are you? Yeah, the fifth episode. Have you been called... drinking? I, I've been stone cold sober this whole time. Yeah, well, you're acting beyond Nelly, so... <laughs> uh, that, and I think we opened up the fourth bottle of wine. All right. So... This one tastes like mint and blackberries to me. You know, earlier you... I thought you were being cheeky... And you're like, oh, this has like a wet cement and uh, like strawberries in it. And I thought, like, you know how we, you and I talk about gum. Uh-huh. We want, you know, like juniper berries Cardamom. and sludge. Uh-huh. Uh, I thought that's what you were kind of doing. And then, like, I read like the label and it said cement. And I'm like, that's a real thing for wine. And I guess it is. And I guess Ryan can detect it. <sighs> This palette is lit. <laughs> yeah. Who wants uh, a piece of this palette? <laughs> I Gentlemen just, uh, and ladies. <laughs> yeah. The last scene in this chapter of Angels in America, I guess, has turned Ryan bisexual. Yeah. Mary Louise Parker, naked. I'm bi. So, uh, you know, Ryan had a dream about uh, uh, lady parts. Yeah. We mentioned this last episode. And so. then he sees Mary Louise Parker and... Uh, Confirmation. Yeah. You don't think uh, banging her would be like how Joe was banging her? <laughs> it's like, you, you <laughs> look at your like, sexy. <laughs> <laughs> or hot. It's like the slowest jackhammer. <laughs> it, was, it was sad. It was very, very sad. Um, I like this one. I like this one better than last episode. I feel like there was a lot of things to dig into that I can't remember now because I'm getting a little drunky. Mm-hmm. But um, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Okay, well, let's just start off. Meryl Streep's wig. <laughs> it's the elephant in the room. We've all seen it. <laughs> like, uh, but thankfully, uh, um, Pryor was there to be like, yeah. If I, if I was a hairdresser, you- that that whole exchange is pretty choice. <laughs> and yeah, it's like you'd be lucky if I was. Oh. I've been, I mean, the whole time I've been like, I have to mention the fact that she's wearing a wig, but like now is the perfect time to bring it up. It's. <laughs> pretty wiggy to me very wiggy it's both wiggy but it also looks like a certain type of woman who does not prioritize her looks anymore yeah like the the real like i don't want to say that they're bangs like they're too stringy to be bangs proper Mm -hmm. but it's like having a bangs cut but not having the hair girth for it (laughs) It's unattractive, and yeah, that's okay. A, that's okay. She, she's an old woman. She's a crone. She yeah. She doesn't need to be attracting men or anything. Yeah, but yeah, th- someone had to call it out. Oh, I'm glad. 
On that note, I had a rev- I had a realization this time around. You had a threshold of revelations. Uh huh. I realized that like the whole remember the opening monologue when when she, Meryl Streep is dressed as the rabbi and she's talking about that woman who traversed these you know swaths of ocean and to to make a better life for her children. Um, I was realizing that's exactly what uh, Meryl Streep's character is doing, the mom, at this point. She sold her house. She doesn't plan have any plans on returning to Utah. She moved across swaths of America to yeah. take care of her children, to make a better life for her kid. And uh, I don't know. It was just a theme that was you know, brought up early on in this odyssey and is I mean, now kind of coming back. It, it, that is true. I mean, it's not like... She made the the uh, uh, she didn't traverse the plains the way that her ancestors well, did. Sure, but but she gave up her old land to have this new one. She sold her house. Yeah, so. yeah. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. That like, yeah, she really gave up everything that she knew and and earned and worked for in order to help her her son. And it, like also because there is that weird like. Mormon greeting center in the middle of New York Mormon City. Mormon visitor center. Yeah, so it's like, it's sort of the same thing where it's like um, she's bringing some of her Utah soil here. Like, mm. they've built this, this, like, this is a sacred little spot for Mormons to come and, like, plant their own <laughs> seeds or whatever. I don't know. But, I, like... I mean, all the newer religions do that. There's, like, a Scientology visitor center on, like, 3rd and Pike. Oh, yeah, and there's, and there's like, a full-on church in Queen Anne. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I like the the stuff in the uh, Mormon visitor center, though, especially when like uh, the silent wife like gets up and starts moving. <sighs> which I mean, there's like a theme, like because like we, you know the angel at the in the opening credits like gets up and look, and then like Prior Walter has that fantasy in chapter one where like the statues are looking at him. So oh, it's like yeah. there's like sort of a theme going on of these inanimate objects like having souls, Coming to life. Yeah, but I like the. Uh, you know, uh, Harper's like, oh, was it hard traveling across the country to the Salt Lakes? And she's like, you're not stupid, so don't ask stupid. Ask <laughs> something real. And she's yeah. like, in your opinion, how do people change? <laughs> okay. Matt, that was my second tear-up moment. Oh, this. was it? Well, because when she's talking about how her god rips you with a broken, jagged, jagged thumbnail. thumbnail from your from your throat to your navel and takes your guts and pulls them out and puts them back. And then when she says that she puts them back and they come back <sighs> dirty and I'm like tearing up thinking about it. it was the three the three words that they used to describe it was just like fuck that's so right like it fucking hurts sometimes when you change you know yeah yeah <sighs> sorry <laughs> it was dirt it was uh, and it was like dirty broken like yeah there, there was like, yeah a couple different adjectives for how your insides get shoved back inside you. Yeah. And, and it was... it's it's left up to you to do the stitching. Um, and she even says something after that. It's like, not pretending, but there, there's some word that it's like, you keep moving forward, but it's not. I don't, it it, it yeah. implied that, that, that it's not real for a little while or something. That Just that imagery of like having your guts like pulled out by a dirty, gross hand fucked around with like putty and then put back in mm-hmm. and you have to just fucking deal with it well it's like that's what that's how you have to change you just have to like accept that that's what you are now and the way that she describes it it's like you resist and so like the hand squeezes even tighter to pull everything out like it's very 
illustrative. So, yeah. <laughs> like the way that she describes it. It's like you know exactly what she means when she's talking. I really liked that and it's I'm surprised I'm getting so emotional <laughs> talking about it now, but like I really felt it when she was describing that. I was like, Oh yeah, that's what it that's what it feels like when you like I don't know how much ever emotional pain you've been through in like a breakup or anything like that but that's what it like sometimes it literally feels like somebody is punching you or taking your guts and like grabbing them and twisting them around and so like i don't know that just really hit hit me yeah breakups are like particularly bad with me because i'm not used to being sad mm-hmm. uh, as we've talked about like i'm i'm not prone to depression or anxiety so like when shit like that happens it's like i don't always have the tools to deal with it or, like, the tools that I have are, like, very mechanical. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just you power through. You keep your usual routine. You keep going. Like, you know, like, like the last real bad breakup that I had, like, when I moved out of Lincoln's place, like, I didn't tell anyone for months. Like, a full four months went by, and it's like, you know, I moved out and got my own place. And people didn't know that we broke up until I was already moved out. Yeah. And it was just sort of, like a low tough gear that I shifted into once it happened to like just power through it. And yeah, no, I mean that, that speech about, yeah, the jagged thumbnail. That's one that I've always remembered like, Very good. From, from my first viewing of this. Um, so I'm going to tie my next point into sort of what you're saying about how you um, react to things like emotionally. And you earlier, you talked about how, um, when your grandma told you about her husband or my grandfather, yeah, yes, your grandfather um, being sick and that you like in the moment you were like, I don't want to make her, I don't want to be the like person who's like, she's comforting fucking Lewis once oh, again God. has to come to, and like, I, I was so, I hate Lewis now. Like I am, <laughs> we are done. Wait, what did he do in this one? Well, because he came up to prior, he like calls up prior. He's like, I want to see you. And he's he comes up. Oh, and the, he's like totally shaming Pryor. Well, the first thing he does, he's like, I, I, it's like he's doing that thing where he's like, I really need to make amends with this bad thing I did by coming to you and apologizing, therefore dredging up all the horrible emotions for you. Where it's like this has nothing to do with Pryor at this point. Like none of it. It's all about you. You're being such a fucking selfish prick at this point to be like, I need to reconcile my problems, and so by doing so, I'm gonna. It's not even like taking into account how Pryor is gonna feel about like seeing you again for months. Yeah, you know, like it's so selfish. There's a point where. Lewis is saying to Pryor, he's like, well, you know, in a way, this is your fault, too, because you were so needy, you didn't I give me know. a chance. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I hate Lewis now. I, I full on. And the fact that he's like, he, he has this, like, self-hatred uh, for fucking a, a gay Republican. It's like, go to hell. Yeah. You have no moral compass. I have no sympathy for him anymore. He's oh, a, yeah. He's a piece of shit. He's almost the worst. <laughs> he's, like, he's, he's worse than Roy Cohn. It's like Roy Cohn and then a small step above is Lewis <laughs> at this point. It's like, get, get over yourself and figure it out, man. You have no sympathy for other people. <laughs> yeah. He, he just doesn't. It's terrible. It, yeah. He's like so wrapped up in himself that, I mean, it is sort of true. This, I think, is in the second chapter where they're having the fight and the breakup and Pryor goes, uh, 
you know, the verdict is, and, you know, in the first chapter, there's this whole thing about, like, verdict versus the moment of judgment. And he's like, the verdict is he can love, but his love is worthless. Right. And that's kind of how I feel. It's like, he does have these strong emotions. Like, he, he, like, I don't doubt that he's actually loving. No. But, like, his love is just wrapped up in how it makes him feel about himself. Exactly. And I'm like, yeah, it is worthless. Like, his love doesn't, like help people flourish or like help growth in any way it's just to give him a modicum of satisfaction with his own life choices like it's it's awful he's really bad yeah like he he wants to go to prior because he just wants to be alleviated of the guilt of banging the marble man (laughs) yeah and guess what that's your fault bitch yeah why are you bringing this other person who's moved on yeah pretty much it seems like and now you're dragging them back in. Like, he, he does that. He, he sets up this appointment with no consideration for how it might make Pryor feel. Like, I, I, zero. I watched this and I'm like, the way that you stalk people before Facebook was like, you had to go to their places of business. Mm-hmm. So, like, the, uh, Pryor and Belize, like, go to the courthouse and, like, find Joe Pitt's office mm-hmm. and, like, barge in. And, you know, this is where, you know, hey, that's the name of the show. Beyond Nelly comes in. <laughs> he's like, oh, he's so butch. I felt Beyond Nelly. Uh, it's like, oh, he's the fucking marble man. And then Belize is like, who was against doing all this stalking to begin with? Here is like, oh, he's so butch. He's the marble man. And he's like, oh, well, maybe just a I peek. gotta look. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's... There's that that shift that like every gay man's like, oh yeah, I know where Belize is coming from. Like, yeah. it, it it kind of I don't blame him. I didn't blame him at all. It kind of reminds me of uh, in Tangerine when uh-huh. when uh, Alexandra's talking to Cinderella and is like, you gotta promise me no drama. And he's like, I promise no drama. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like this is kind of that exact scenario. Drama. <laughs> He's now, yeah, Pryor now is, has taken to uh, dressing like the Grim Reaper. Yeah, he's like, I have a hobby now. It's haunting people. <laughs> I like it. I'm actually, I'm pro yeah. the whole thing, but. Um, yeah, he does look like the Grim Specter of Death. <laughs> yeah, and I think Hobbles around in a cane. With a and hood on. He started doing that last episode, and, I think, uh, actually. Hannah, Meryl Streep's character, like, <laughs> calls him Batman at one point. <laughs> yeah, when he tries to go to the visitor center, and she's like, we're closed, go away! <laughs> I love, so there's, like, that's just, like, such a funny thing to have to write. But it's like, it's that's real. That's exactly how... <laughs> we're the- closed, go away. <laughs> That's exactly how that woman in that situation yeah. would respond. I, I don't know. Moments like that, I I really like seeing in like in film because it's just, I don't know. That makes me laugh, and I love that like Meryl Streep has to like act that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're closed. Go, Go away. away. <laughs> I don't know. That, that's why I laughed so hard at that. But like, it was it's real. It's real. Yeah. No. Uh. So I overall so far this second half is oddly lighter than the first half. This one's focusing. Less on AIDS, less on death, and more just on, like, quirky human interaction? Well, I think it's coming around on the justice element Mm. and how the gears of justice turn slowly. And so we're seeing, uh, like, specifically with Roy Cohn, I guess, is, like, where I'm seeing that theme kind of come to fruition where it's, like, he's, you know, he has to sleep in the bed he's made. 
Oh and, yeah. And we're seeing that with, and especially with like Belize being his nurse. And it's like you had, um, Emma Thompson as, uh, Pryor's nurse and she's presented as like an angel like a bright like the typical white winged angel and mm-hmm. now we've got Belize as the nurse for uh, Roy and he's like black mm-hmm. and uh, doesn't wear gay. nurses uniforms mm-hmm. yeah and he's like and you know at the, the and the morphine scene which I really liked by the way it's filmed really well and the content is really cool. Yeah, that, that's the the speech that Belize gives about like his view of heaven. Yeah, that it's like a big city overgrown with weeds. Everyone's in uh, what was it Balenciaga gowns with, with flowers? With, yeah, red corsages. I was like, doesn't sound so bad. <laughs> and he's like, there's several dancing arenas. Yeah, and... uh, the the thing that I remember from being like a 20 year old, and for 20 year olds listening now. Like we didn't have like the vocabulary back in the day or, or 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 it wasn't as pronounced as it is today, but like him talking about racial impurity and gender confusion and things like that, that's always stuck with me. And he's talking about how the deities are all uh, uh, brown. M- as mulatto. The, yeah, the, yeah, they're brown as the mouths of rivers and things like that. Like I absolutely remember that from my first viewing of this. I mean, the the world he's describing, I'm like, oh, sounds lovely. Yeah, I'm just like, where where's my ticket? I hope How do I, I, get I in? hope I can get in. Yeah, and then he's like, and then Roy is like, ah, oh. <laughs> what's heaven like? Yeah, and he's like, that is heaven, and you're not allowed in. And I love that, like, in his like morph. Well, and that that whole time, it's just a slow push in on Belize's uh, on Belize talking, and I'm like, oh, this is this is well done. And but also, but just before that, when like Roy is on morphine and like flopping around, the camera does not stop. It's like just moving around, and I'm like, oh, well, that makes me feel like I'm on morphine. And the way that like Roy drools, oh yeah, and I'm like, yep, yep. Good acting, Al Pacino. Oh in yeah, this scene. knocks it out of the park. Um, but I like that, like you know, and and uh, Belize doesn't like sugarcoat it. He's like, oh yeah, you're gonna die. Yeah, and you're not gonna get any of this. And yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make this. Well, I'm not gonna say he doesn't want to make it pleasant, but he's not. What what is what is it? It's not. It's just real. He's just sort of like, yeah, mm. you deserve every shit you get. Yeah, I mean. I think Belize has some sympathy because he's dying, like, with with AIDS, at least, like, or complications due to it. And, like, that part of him is sympathetic. But Belize is also clear-eyed that Roy Cohn's a monster and just a despicable human being. So it's like, yes, I, I, as a nurse, it's my job to care for you regardless of the type of person that you are. But, like, me the human being like outside my occupation knows that you're a monster and I don't have to give you my sympathy in in a human way outside of my occupation. Yeah. 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 It's complicated. Yeah. And I like it. (laughs) Uh, Is there anything else in this I wanted to go over? I'm trying to think if there's something that we forgot. Uh, We get Patrick Wilson's D from behind. And his B. Through his, through his legs. And, uh, no complaints. I was going to say, I mean, Patrick Wilson at this time would hit, definitely. Yeah. I mean, if... Oh, but he goes back to his wife, and I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> You're just, like, despicable. And she takes him back. 
I mean, honestly, I and I thought about this, I think it was in the third chapter when he's eating the three wieners. I was like, well, really, there's three wieners in this. Like, Prior, Joe, and Lewis. Like, that's the three wieners. Prior, Joe, and Lewis. Yeah. Like, because it's like a little love triangle going on. Okay. Like um, and Joe's eating three wieners. I'm like, oh, there's three wieners in the movie. <laughs> I just, I don't know. It's... I, I also was like kind of recognizing that um, Harper and this ties in with the dream that happens, I think in episode one and um, dream hallucination between Harper and Pryor, mm-hmm. where it's like, she is also a prophet. Like the way she talks, it sounds like, la, 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 but like she has moments though, where like she sees more clear eyed than anyone. Right. Well, that's the thing is like, she is also one of these prophets that in the same way, like I'm going to be judgy about the way prior talks too. like, what the fuck is he saying a mm-hmm. lot of the times? And I love that. Like in this, he finally admits that like, I'm, I'm a, when he's talking to uh Joe and he's like, I'm a prophet. I'm a weirdo. Don't listen to me. <laughs> oh yeah. And it's like, well, kind of, I mean, you do talk weird. So yeah. I like that. There's some acknowledgement there, but of course they would make the woman prophet be like, Oh, she crazy. All those pills she's taken. It's just like, ugh. I don't know. It's good. It's all good. This yeah. was good. This was better than last episode. Last episode was a lot of table setting. This felt like we're moving somewhere. Oh, okay. okay. This, this felt like the natural pickup from three. Oh, okay. But you did need to do that table setting to kind of get this going. But Sure, 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 sure. I have a question for you, but I don't know. Uh, let me know. I'm going to ask it now, but tell me if we should save it for next episode. Okay. You, ha- you mentioned at one time that you wanted to do this because we are in the middle of a pandemic. I'm saving that for the next episode. All right, well, I'll bring it up next time. Cool. Well, that feels like all we need to talk about for this one? I think so, yeah. Okay. We've gone from just being Nelly to being beyond Beyond Nelly, Nelly. Okay. yeah. Oh. Um, it's good to know that that term has been around a long time. Nelly, Mary, those are all great. <laughs> Let's keep those in the in the zeitgeist. Yeah. Um, okay, well, uh, we're almost done now. This is the furthest we've ever gone on a miniseries was five episodes yeah that's true and now we're doing a sixth yeah boy what are we gonna do next year i don't know it better be seven actually well, that, let's not <laughs> i've actually been in my in my uh casual time i've been kind of thinking about some things so oh okay should we do uh at, at the end of the next episode should we do a huge pin for the mini season we're gonna do next january <laughs> i don't know if i can make a bigger pin. <laughs> <laughs> i'll see what i can do i'll see what i can do <laughs> Uh, anyway. Yeah, I think if you like, because I've heard your big pins, and I feel like if they get any bigger, they'll like, they won't actually sound like pins anymore. It's gonna sound like a, a stalactite the size of. A... Well, it's like what is, <laughs> like like that doesn't sound like a pin. It'll be like. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. It's just this, I don't know. There's that like music theory that if like the notes are spread out too far that you can no longer like hear the melody. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you make your pin any bigger, like it's going to fall into that, uh, that uncanny valley. Well, I'll play with that. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, until we get to the next one, the final one, the yeah. conclusion of Angels of America. Keep reaching for the rainbow.